The Holy Spirit's trying to stir us up. You know, as I said uh, last Sunday, it wasn't in the title of the message, Stand Up, but this Sunday is to step out. And, and it's your choice. You know, everything with God is your choice. God doesn't make you do anything. You have a free will. Matter of fact, that's why he created you, because he created you to have a free will to choose to be in his family, to choose him, to choose to love him. Amen. You ever thought about that? God doesn't, who, you know, I, I, I used to discipline my children, but I couldn't make them love me. We had a conversation, you know, with a parent in the lobby before church started, and uh, we were laughing, and I said, my kids, you say, well, I hate you. I said, it's your tough luck, I'm still your daddy. <laughs> they were trying to manipulate me and make giving the end so they can get that cupcake or candy or don't have to clean their room. But how many of us try to manipulate God? You can't. But God gave you a free will to follow his way. This is his way right here. And so we need to, if you want to know the way, this is, this is where you find it. It's not where, well, I, I just feel like, no, that don't work. Your feelings will get you in trouble. Because sometimes you don't feel like you're saved. Sometimes you don't feel like getting out of bed, but you got to go to work. Somebody got to feed the kids. You know, and, and, and so you, what you feel like doesn't matter. It's what the word of God says. And we got to be word people. We got to know what the word says. And so if you look at the title on your notes, it's choose to step, choose to step up, make that choice. So see, the Bible says we're supposed to go from glory to glory. I just took some steps and steps are natural. It's a natural thing in God is to take steps. This is a natural seven-inch step, natural. You know, somebody came up, that's a good natural step. It's got to be that way to make those steps. This is an unnatural step. Ooh. And back, you know, 10 years ago, I made that one, but I ain't doing that one now. <laughs> so we got to take some natural steps to grow, and it's never too late. It's never too late. And so let me read Ephesians 4.1 to give you, uh, I've got a bunch of scriptures, so stay with me today. And I'm going to try to make it where you can uh, keep up, but this ain't even half of what we're talking about today. But I want you to look at it. It says, I beg you, or in the light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner of the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road. Let's keep going. Called, you're called to travel. Don't, I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't, I won't, I don't want anyone strolling off. How many know you can get off course? Down some path that goes nowhere. Christians, we can go down paths that go nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline. Stay humble. Discipline is the guardrail that keeps you in the road and you don't get off, right? Discipline is not a bad, it's not a cuss word. Some of y'all think it's a cuss word. Let me do what I want to do. Not in fits and starts, but steady pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert at noticing differences, and quick at mending fences. If you notice something, go mend the fence. But here's the thing. We've got to be steady, steady growing, steady growing, steady, steady, steady going 
up with God. That's why I said it's the time to take, that, take a step, take a step. So everybody say, I'm stepping towards God today. That means you can't chase somebody's wife. Let's just get real. That's what we're talking about. You can't steal anymore. You can't lie anymore. It's time to step up. Be holy as I am holy. That's Old Testament and New Testament. It means we have a responsibility. It means we can be unholy in our thoughts and our actions, what we see, what we hear, what we eat. Why well, you choose what you eat. Okay. All right. I'm nabbling now. Sorry. Colossians 3.23, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward. How many know we're going to receive a reward? So it matters what you do. It matters what you do. You don't get the reward if you don't do what's right. Never thought about it, but look at all the scriptures that I'm pouring out today that it matters what you do. Receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord, the Christ. But he who brings or he who does wrong will be repaid for what he does, and there's no partiality. God's a just God. And, I, you know, we don't want to talk about Christians being judged, but we're going to be judged. Ooh. Don't, if you can't say amen, say oh me. Because it's time to start. If you believe we're in the last days, it's time to tighten up. We may not be in the last days, but these are the craziest days we've ever been in. Crazy. So hear me, it's time to step into the things of God and step, step quit dabbling with the world. Okay, so, so let's look at it. It's, I'm reminding you, it's your choice where you spend eternity. Right? I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe he was born of a virgin. I believe that he did miracles. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. He rose again on the third day. I am a believer. And when that impacts you, now I have a choice to live for him. Now it's getting quiet now. I have to choose to live for him. But you know what? The Holy Spirit's my helper. When I got saved, he came on the inside of me and said, you know what? You don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And how many of you like me? You did it anyway. And you found out that, you know what? Oh, boy, this is wrong. And then you back up. You know? You back up. It's like, you know, taking a bite of pie, and you thought it was coconut, and it was lemon. Whoa, this is not right. I thought it was soured, you know. I was kind of robbing somebody's refrigerator, my mother-in-law's, and I said, coconut pie. And I got me a piece of it, and I didn't look at it close enough, and I just, because I'm scarfing it down, I'm stealing it. Not really. She'd have gave me the whole pie. But I thought it was coconut, and I took that first bite. You step into sin, it looks good, but it'll kill you. The Bible says the end thereof is death. So, so we're looking at that, that it's a choice. What, what we do in this life is a choice. Eternity is a choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Come on. A lot of people want to say, well, you know, if God wants to make it happen, he'll just make it. No, 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 no. God wants people to choose him. I choose the Lord. Who do you choose? I'm not trying to beat you up. Every sermon I preach, I preached on hell last Sunday. Hell's real, and it's not that we're going to hell. As a believer, we're responsible for people that are going to hell. And so that's what this message is about. 
How many people in hell are thinking, I wish they'd have told me about Jesus. I knew they were Christians. You know one of the phrases I said? We argued about Virginia Tech football, but he never told me about Jesus. Huh? The greatest thing in this life is Jesus Christ. There is no other way to heaven. Everybody else is a slave to sin. Buddha, Muhammad, all those cats, they're nobody. Jesus was the perfect one. He is the only way. And we know the way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And if we don't share it, how are people going to know? And so how we got to choose. You know what? I'm going I'm to share Jesus. It's time to choose Jesus in our life to live for him and quit acting like the world. The world says, well, ain't no different than Christians than me. I'm just as good as they are. There, are, there has to be a difference in us. There has to be a holiness in us. There has to be a, 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 what we're called to be and, and to shine. The Bible says we're salt and light. We're supposed to shine for God. Okay, it's getting quiet. So number one is belief and behavior. What you believe gets you into heaven, and how you believe affects your behavior. Oh, I, I'm good, I'm good, I'm going to heaven. Okay, we're going to look at a bunch of scriptures, so stay with me. I'm going to try to read slower and uh, better. But your belief determines where you spend eternity. Just said all that, but I'm reemphasizing it. Your behavior determines how you spend eternity. There are degrees of punishment in hell. You ever read that? There are degrees of responsibilities in heaven that you're going to receive. We're going to look at these. Come on, it matters how you live. And what you do with what God has given you. God's given you money. God's given you breath. God's given you life. God's given you things. And you know, we may need to cut the heat off because it's getting hot in here on me. Because I'm preaching to myself how what I say affects people's lives from the pulpit or even just hanging out with me. If I'm negative Ned or negative Nancy, it affects people's lives. And so as we look at this thing, we, we studied out the word here. Our behavior determines how we spend. Think about it. The Bible even talks in Luke 19 that, that people who served Jesus, he went away to receive a kingdom. He gave people gifts, talents, and abilities. And what they did with them, oh, you doubled. You're going to be in charge of 10 cities. There are cities in heaven. Somebody got to be the mayor. Did you ever think about it like that? Somebody's got to be in, somebody's going to be in charge. God is a God of order. God is a God of order, but God wants you to step up and know, and it's not too late. It's time to change your thinking. Because, you know, there's some gray stuff out there. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm going to heaven. It does matter what you do. Because your witness affects everybody else. Watch your mouth. Well, I know it's in the Bible, but I don't believe that. What? You're affecting somebody else who's a younger believer maybe, and they thought, well, okay, so we're going to stand before God. You're going to stand before God, but you're going to stand before God. I don't believe that. I don't like that preacher. Forget all that. Getting ahead. We're going to dive in. We're saved by grace. Let's just look at that real quick. Salvation is by grace alone. Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
Your response to grace is faith to receive it, and now you're saved. But how you live in this life, you're supposed to live by faith again. The Bible says the whole life's supposed to be about faith. Our response is always by faith. We're saved by grace, but we're judged by our actions. Our actions have to line up with what the Word says. James 2, 18 through 20 talks about works. We're not going to look at that right now. But he says, if you say you're saved, where are your works? Where's your corresponding action? I show you that I'm saved by my works. My works don't save me, but I'm living a life that God's called me to live. We got to live the life God's called us to live. I know this is tough. It's tough on me. Because you can ask my wife. She knows me better than anybody in here, and she knows I don't walk this like I ought to walk it. But it's time to turn around. It's time to turn around and, and, and quit frustrating, frustrating the grace of God. Uh, Ecclesiastes 12, 14. It says, For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Oh, me. If you can't say amen, say oh, me. It's time to repent then. Lord, help me change my thinking. Because I know you're like me. Somebody pulled out in front of you and you're like, okay. Somebody gets mouthy with you and you want to get mouthy back. Okay, it's time to repent. It's time to change all that. Bless them, Lord. Help them. You know, to let me run over them real quick. No. I know we all have those thoughts. That's where we have to change our thinking. See, see, the repentance, we think repentance is going one way and turning around. You don't turn around unless you change your thinking. You have to repent here. You have to start thinking differently. Because, you know, uh, we can go back to, well, that's the way we are. You know, you get mouthy, we're going to get mouthy back. Or as I was telling one, I, this, this old country man that I grew up with, he taught me how to skin. I can skin anything. And he taught me how to skin stuff. We chopped, split wood and stuff. But he always said, you know what, I'm fixing to sun his heels. You know what that means? He's fixing to knock him on his back and his heels are going up to the sun. He's going to knock him out, you know. And so anyway, we, we can't have that thinking. We're believers. Okay? And so as we look at this, uh, Revelations 20, 13, it says, The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Oh, boy, well, that's sinners, Pastor. Well, let's talk about believers. First Peter 1, 17. And if you call on the Father, who without penalty, or partiality, excuse me, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here on earth in fear, in respect, in honor of God. Okay, God's watching. If you really have it on your mind that God's watching, you're not going to say that. You're going to change your thinking. But we go along and ain't nobody watching. Ain't nobody watching. God's watching. And when we turn, you know what? Nobody respects anything. The office of the president's not respected. Congress, uh, you look at, at our ambassadors aren't respected across the world. Uh, even America don't respect their own people. Come on, we need to honor God and we need to honor people. That's what we're supposed to do. It's what the Bible says, honor all men. Well, they don't deserve it. That's not your part. That's not your part. Our part is not to worry about that. Our part is to do what God told us to do. And quit comparing and looking at what other people do and, and do what God's called us to do. And so I, 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 this, this is tough, but Peter said, you have got to 
to stay in respect of God. Everything we're doing, we're doing because we respect God. Matthew 16, 27, for the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father and his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Let that sit there a minute. Again, back to Revelation 22, 12, and behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I mean, you know, Hebrews 11 1, 6 says that it's impossible to please God without faith. But those who have faith, in Hebrews 11 says those who have faith know that God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Wait a minute, if I go after God, he's going to reward me now and in heaven. And I'm not chasing a reward, but God, that's what he does. You know, one man said, you know, I gave this man $300. I helped him get his life straight. I helped him get his bills caught up. I helped him do everything. And he went right back into it because he didn't, the man didn't change up here. Even though this man taught him everything, he goes, Pastor, I don't have any more money to help him. I can't help him anymore. I said, well, believe God to give you a return on your money so you can help. Some. He goes, I didn't give it to get a return. You're supposed to. Because you don't have anything to help anybody else with now. You don't, have, you don't have to go back to him. But if you believe for a return, you can go over here and help somebody else that might get it. That's what giving's about. God said he, he, he repays. And the man said, well, I didn't do it to give. To get back, I said, but you're supposed to. Because it's an ebb and flow where you can just continually bless somebody. And then you got... Instead of $100 in your pocket where you can go buy a pair of shoestrings and some bunch of donuts, you're going to go, who can I bless? Who can I bless? Go look at all the stuff in your house that you don't use that you bought. Oh, help me, Lord. That's for me. I could have done something with that for the kingdom of God. So anyway, my, my, my. We're not perfect, folks. We're not perfect. But that's our that's that but maturity is our goal. Perfection in the New Testament means be mature. It's time to grow up. When I, Paul said when I was a child, I did childish things, but I'm not doing childish things anymore. It's time to grow up. It's time uh, 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 it's the time to get in line with what we believe. If you really believe, then your behavior is going to change. It's, it's just, you know, it's time. To, it's time. It, we're in the last days, huh? Well, people say, I believe in, in Jesus, but they never live for him. Now, the, the, and I'll bring it up in a minute, but the Bible talks about, no, be careful how you judge people. But you can see the fruit in their life. And that's what the world is looking at, the fruit in your life. Why do I want to serve Jesus? Nobody else is. I see these people who say they're Christians and they, they you know, they partying. As one pastor had to go find somebody, somebody was killed in a car wreck and he went into the bar and half his congregations in there on the bar dancing or drinking and carrying on and no different than the world. He's like, oh boy, what, what am I doing? What's going on? We got to have corresponding action. And I'm not saying you can't have fun. Man, I live, my family, most of them, 90% of my family saved. And we have some fun. And there's no alcohol involved. You'd think they might be sometimes, but they're just nuts. I always say they're Christian clowns. 
And so we have a good time. You can have a good time serving God because God would change what you think a good time is. Slobbering around and throwing up behind the bushes because you drank too much is not any fun. Back in the day, Bill Cosby said, you know, when you're like that, your best friend's that cold commode. <laughs> Hugging that commode and throwing up in it. No. That is not a good time. Oh, let me get off my, I'm stumping. So, so we're going to dive in on two and three. There are two judgments, and we're going to look at them. And one's for the believer and one's for the unbeliever. So number two is the judgment seat of Christ. There's a judgment seat for believers. You know, last Sunday talking about hell and how real it is. And this Sunday too, these are hard sermons for me to preach. Because I just want, you know, I want everybody to feel good and Jesus. But you know what? Jesus told the truth. Jesus talked about hell more than he did heaven. Because he didn't want people to go there. Not that he was putting people there. He was trying to keep people from going there. And so we're going to look, look at this, the judgment seat of Christ. It's the believer's judgment. In 2 Corinthians 5.10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body while you're alive, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Mm. Romans 14.10, but why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Quit judging your brother. Love on him. Because they're going to stand. You know what? They're God's responsibility. But look what they did. You sound like the, the, the kids. Get them, mama. Look what they did. God, get them. Burn them up, Lord. It's God's kindness that draws people. They're condemned already. They know when believers backslide, they know. Look at the prodigal son. He woke up. The Holy Spirit woke him up. I'm feeding hogs. The, servant, my, the servants in my daddy's house, they're doing better than me. I'm going to go back and just be a servant. And the father wasn't looking for a servant to come back. Maybe you're out there. The, the Lord is looking for you to come back. He's calling you back today. He's calling you to be that son and daughter. But as a son and a daughter, we have responsibility. We just don't get saved and then just go to heaven and do our thing. We get saved because we have a responsibility. We're light. We're salt. Romans 14.10. Yep, Romans 14.10. But why do you judge your brother? So let's quit doing that. 1 Corinthians 3.10. This is why I'm going to hang on right here for a minute. Listen, according to the grace of God, which was given to me. Everybody read that with me. One, two, three. According to the grace of God given to me. You have been given a grace. Every one of you. You have been given a grace to do something for the kingdom of God. I don't know what that is. Start serving. We give opportunities for people to serve till, until they find that, oh, this is what I like. This is what I want to do. That's how I got started. That's how most people get started in ministry. I didn't want to be a preacher. Oh, I knew at eight or nine that I was supposed to be a preacher, but I, here's, here's just something else. 
when church I was in, in, that woman was cheating with the pastor. And I'm like, what's going on? And this song leader was flirting with everybody. I'm like, what's going on? I don't want any part of that. How they acted affected me as a teenager. I don't want to serve God if that's what it's about. I don't want to do what God's called me to do because I'm looking at people. It's sad that we're not supposed to do that, but we do. Now, here's what, I, here's what the Spirit of the Lord says. You have a grace. Don't let anybody talk you out of it, and don't let what you see people do wrong with their calling affect you or stop you from serving God. There's too much church hurt. I'd have quit a long, long time ago of accusations and this and that and the other. Here, there, wherever I've been. People sniggle up to you. You ought to be the pastor of this church. What? Yeah, and I can be the youth pastor like you. Well, you want a position. And you're trying to throw me into the fire of trouble. You see how that works? And I would have destroyed the church. But yet I told them no, and that's not right. And guess what? They left the church ripping me up and down. And everybody came to me like, I can't, why'd you run them off? Run them off. I just protected you and the whole church. But I didn't throw them under the bus, but I talked to them. The thing about it is we get hurt because we're chasing something or, we, or you think the grace on you is to do such and such, but you don't want to take the steps to get there. You just want to go and get there. And now you're going to get destroyed because you weren't mature enough to handle it. You're in a season of maturing. I'm in a season of maturing. Miss Shirley, who we all love, is a matriarch in our church. She'll tell you, she'll tell you, I'm still maturing. We're always maturing. I want to go up to the next level. God's calling you to the next level. Are you ready for the challenge? Are you ready just to take the first step? Because, see, we're going to be judged by what we've done, what we did. So according to the grace of God, according to the grace of God which was given to me, Paul's walking in the grace. Peter didn't walk in Paul's grace. John didn't walk in Paul's grace. And Paul didn't walk in John's grace. Well, I don't be like John or I don't be like Paul. You see that? This preacher over there and that preacher over here and this preacher up there. Forget the preacher. What does this say? What does this say? Let's do this. How am I going to live? Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror right here and see what manner of person you're supposed to be. Okay. I'm talking to myself too, y'all. All right. According to the grace which is given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds upon it. And let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. You don't follow the pastor, you follow Jesus Christ. Amen. Pastor, jack you up, and I'm the pastor, okay? You follow Jesus Christ, okay? I'm trying to follow Jesus the best of my ability, and, and, and y'all, I'm telling you, this is my seat too. I'm not somebody special. I'm not somebody that doesn't have to walk through this world with the muck and the mire and the sickness and the pain. I have to walk through everything just like you do. But God just called me to cheer you on and to help lead you through it. 
even though I'm walking through it myself. You ever think about it? Sometimes I want to cry. But crying doesn't change a thing. But as I cry, I'm getting closer to Jesus. I'm going to step closer to Jesus. We all have to walk this walk. So, so hear me out. Now, anyone who builds on this foundation uh, with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and that fire will test each one's work. Remember I started off, don't go just down some dead end road that has nothing to do because that's nothing but wood, hay, and stubble down there. Let's go down the road that God's called us to go down to build the kingdom of God, to do what God's called us to do. And maybe it is, it's nothing but your smile or just a phone call say, you know what, I love you. I'm praying for you today. One of my favorite pastors was, was John Osteen, Joel's daddy, and he would call people, just praying for you, and people that, you, that were somebody, he would be a pastor to them. I know people who are pastors to the rich and the famous. Everybody needs a pastor. Everybody needs somebody to encourage them. Everybody needs to be in a church somewhere or sitting under somebody that's encouraging them with the Word of God by the Spirit of God. Amen. And so if it's not here, find you a church home and get, I never was blessed until I sat underneath the pastor. I'm just giving you some wisdom. When I sat under the pastor and he didn't tell me you could have three kids, he'd tell me you had this house. He didn't tell me all that. He told me the word, he taught me the word of God. And then I applied it to my life and my life began to change. I heard what the pastor was preaching and I applied, I applied it to my life and it changed my life. And so as we, as we look at this, you know, uh, let me finish. If anyone's work is burned, it will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet it's through fire. So we're going to be judged by our actions. What we're doing. Is what you're doing wood, hay, and stubble? Or is it important? And everything can be important to the kingdom of God. Everything that we do, as you know, if we read the, watch the video, uh, excellence is our pursuit. God's excellent. Heaven is excellent. Somebody said, man, it's just too nice here, Pastor. What about the poor folks or the country folks? Are you going to be able to reach them? Well, they're going to have a hard time in heaven with streets paved to gold. Come on, we need to get used to some good stuff. And the world has the good stuff. The Bible's called us to be better than the world. I'm just getting off again. Sorry about that. Matthew 6, 1 said, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. There's a reward right there. Therefore, when you do charitable deeds, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do your charitable deeds, do not let the left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly." And you will get, you know what it says right there? Your father will reward you openly. I believe that's here and in heaven. So, Miss Becky, what that really means is the father himself is going to come and give you a reward. You're going to get to meet the father personally. How about that? That's going to be awesome. It's not going to be in the back, you know, in the cheap seat saying, is that the father up there? No, your probably knees are going to be knocking and you're going to be standing before the Father. Come on. 
And so, so you know, it's not about that. Sometimes you need to testify what you've done so it will help other people. Because, see, when people are rewarded, they have done something to receive that reward. Find out what they did. They've been giving. They helped somebody. They've done something. And God rewards openly. So, it's, you know, but instead of getting jealous, well, why did they get a new car? And they got, so-and-so gave them a car. God had never gave me a car. Well, all you've ever done was sit there and be bitter and gripe about everything. So there's your reward. We don't think about it like that, do we? If we're negative Ned and negative Nancy, negative all the time, and there, there they go, they think they are. No, it's time, bless them, Lord. Bless them. Because I want to be Blessed. Let me help them be blessed. Let me cut their firewood. Given it shall be given unto you, good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Whatsoever you sow, that will you reap. If you sow love, you reap love. If you sow judgment, you, the Bible says you will be judged. Quit sowing that bitter attitude and judgment. It's t- it matters what we do. And so today's the day to change our mind that we're going to serve God and we're going to reap a reward. You know, we give away candy. I always pick it to kids. Did y'all bring me some candy today? How come y'all get candy and we don't? Because we're teaching them that God rewards. Quiet seat prize? I never got it, but anyway. uh, Doesn't matter. But here, there's a reward in heaven for us. Believer, there's a reward. It matters how we live, and we have a choice. God doesn't make us. The Holy Spirit didn't get you an arm bar and say, okay, you're driving to church today. None of you. You chose to come to church. And we welcome all the visitors. I'm sorry this sermon may be a little harsh, but it's all right. Jesus is still Lord. So let's go to number three. The great white throne of judgment. You need to know what's going to happen in the end days, that heaven is real, that hell is real, and the heaven and uh, heaven will be filled even with the unbelievers because they're going to be judged, and we're going to watch. The Bible even talks about when Satan's judged, we're going to say that he's the one who deceived us. Are you kidding me? But words are powerful, aren't they? Thoughts are powerful, aren't they? And all he has is lies, and lies. His lies are half truths. Well, you really don't have to do that to be a good Christian. You really don't have to do that. You really don't have to give. You don't have to tithe. Tithing went away. Oh, you, 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 uh, uh, uh. you really don't have to take a bath. Nobody can smell you. Uh, you know, doing youth ministry for 20 years, I'm like, dude, you got to take a bath. That whatever Axe body spray is not working. It's making it worse. And I used to drive the van down the road because they had Barbie perfume on. I mean, oh, man, my eyes are watering. Girls, that's too much. I can't see. But the whole point is, it's not, you can't cover your sin up. You can't cover it up. God wants you to live holy, be righteous, and, and to act right and to live right. And guess what? Your life will be better for it. Instead of trying to cover up, and oh, I can't let my wife know I did that. Oh, man. Huh? Or my husband. I'm meddling now, ain't I? All right, Revelation 20, 
11 through 13, we're going to read. And I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the, the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. There are books that were open, and the book of life was open. And the dead were judged according to their works and by the things which were written in the books. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were there in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Now hear me. Not receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior is the reason you don't get to go to heaven. I know Christians who serve God mightily and backslid. They were a witness in my life, and they fell away at the end. I don't believe they lost their salvation, but they lost their witness. But look at the judgment right here. They're judged for their works. They're, they're going to be judged for what they did, and there's a level to it. And I'm going to show you the levels to it. Uh, and just, just real, we'll, we'll break it down. See, if your name's written in the book of life, you're going to heaven. If it's not, you don't make it. So I'm just saying, accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then live for him, okay? You see, you see bikers? They'll have a tattoo. God's my judge. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. That means you don't tell me what to do. I'm not. I can't. It's your choice what you do. It's choice for every unbeliever and every believer. And so look at the, the degrees of judgment. Um, and I want to remind you, God is just. God's a good God. And he's just and he loves you. And he wants the best for you and he's trying to get you to turn. And everybody that goes to hell, he's trying to get them to turn. That all would be saved. So Matthew eleven twenty one. 21, look at what it says. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon. They would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it would be more tolerable. What does that mean? You see, there's a degree, there's a level. More to tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works that were done in you in Capernaum and you had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, or Sodom, it would, have been, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Wow. More tolerable. Why? Because Jesus went and preached the good news. He healed the sick. He raised the dead in those three cities. He did all these mighty works, and they said, ah. and it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. They didn't want to choose him. They talked bad about him. They didn't want to choose him. They didn't want to live for him. They didn't want to accept him as the Savior. When they stand before God, it's just like last Sunday, the man in hell remembered everything and every chance he had to live for God. That's why it's torment. But I want to back up to verse 20. This is the same chapter, 
We just read 21 through 24, but look what verse 20 says. Then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. I came to your city and you heard my words and saw all that I have done. They saw people healed. They saw the blind eyes open. He preached the love of God. He said, I'm coming to bring the kingdom of God. But no. It's where he did most of his mighty works, right there in those three cities. And they rejected him. Matthew eleven twenty. 20. Then he began to rebuke the cities, and I just read that. So, so we got to know that there's a level that it's time for us as a believer to step up. We read that earlier, and I, 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 I'm, I'm going to finish. I'm not going to beat anybody up anymore. Romans 2 and 5. But in accordance with your, the hardness and the impotent heart, you are treasuring up for yourselves wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Verse 6. Who will render to each one according to his deeds. God will render to everyone according to his deeds. So, it's time to start storing up some stuff in heaven. Somebody said that, you know, they never seen a trailer on the hearse going to the graveyard. The only money that you're going to have in heaven is the money you gave to the kingdom of God, to build the kingdom of God. But the love of God you shared with your children, your grandchildren, the encouragement you gave them to serve God, the life you lived as a witness. You know, I had somebody, I was nailing shingles on a roof, and I hit my thumb and did that dance. You know, you ever done that dance? And it wasn't a victory dance. But I didn't cuss. And the person said, how come you ain't cussing? I know that hurt. Cussing doesn't change anything. Makes it worse. So what are you saying, Pastor? Are you saying, will some believers receive a stricter judgment? Yes. You're looking at one. Right here. I'm going to receive the stricter judgment because I'm the pastor. And you know what? People say, well, I wouldn't teach that. I have to do what God tells me to teach. I can't get to pick and choose. I'm just going to do candy and flowers all Sunday and hope maybe y'all get saved. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to walk away from, and there's rewards to walk into and rewards not to have. The Bible talks about a gown of salvation and a robe of righteousness in heaven. Some people just make it on their deathbed and they get a gown of salvation and they're just, and I, you know what? I'm going to crawl in, hallelujah, I made it too. But there's some people going to get a robe of righteousness because they live for God. The Bible talks about receiving crowns and we're going to throw them at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to leave one, one last scripture. James 3, 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. That's talking about me. That's talking about that preacher that you don't like that's on TV. Leave him alone. God's watching. They're writing down in heaven. They can repent too. Pray for them. But quit judge being so judgmental. 
and looking to yourself, what do I need to choose to please God? The Bible says Jesus perfectly pleased the Father. What can I do to please God? What does God want me to do to please Him? Well, you know, I always say the 10 worst words is I just want to do what I want to do. Eh. What does Jesus want me to do? What does the Word say? The best five is what does the Word say? That's how we're supposed to live. Not to do what? Oh, I'm saved. I can do whatever I want to. No, you cut your life short. You will. And you destroy your witness. So, all you who want to be teachers of the Word, do it in fear and trembling. Do it in the respect of the Lord. Don't beat people over the head with the Word of God. The letter of the law killeth, but it's the love of God that draws people to repentance. So what, what am I supposed to do, Pastor? The Bible says that we're supposed to be like God and we're supposed to love. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. So we're supposed to walk in love. We're supposed to have grace for people, mercy for people. We read them. Grace and mercy. Where's your grace and mercy for people? That are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's your kindness? Your testimony that God kept you your testimony that you're the light and the salt of the earth, that God, do you know people are looking at you? I'll tell this story. I started dipping snuff in the fourth grade. And my wife, when we got married, I still dipped snuff. And, I, and she said that, uh, I don't think you ever quit that. You know what made me quit? Is my daughter was a year and a half old and she got her own spit cup. She had a spit cup too. And I said, okay, it's time to change. She wants to be like daddy. Your children want to be like you. And if they get on your last nerve, guess who they're like? Come on. It's time to repent to our children. It's time to teach them the things of God. How about your neighbor that don't like you? Bake them some cookies anyway. It's time to change. It's time to be what God's called you to be because there's a grace on you, a grace, a gifting, a calling to be different than the world. To, be, to, 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 to draw people to the kingdom of God. If people aren't coming to you, say, what do you have? What do you have? What are you going to do? See, I, I've been at the plant where I closed the plant down, but people come up, you just bought a car, what are you going to do? God's got me. God's got me. I, that's my testimony is God's got me. God's going to take care of me. What are you going to do when you, 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 your daddy died? How are you going to handle that? God prepared me. He prepares us for those things. They're still hard, but he prepares us. I want to walk with him. Okay? I love you, and I love that you love me, some of you, but I love that. But I love that God loves me. The Father loves me. Jesus loves me. The Holy Spirit loves me. That's where my strength and power comes from. And I appreciate the attaboy and the pat on the back. I love it. I appreciate that. But it's God's attaboy that I want. Well done, thou good and faithful. What? Servant. Serve. Serve the kingdom. Serve God. Well, they don't let me. They won't let me do nothing but clean the commodes. Start there. That's where honor starts. 
I'm dabbling. I got a close. Listen, my daughter went to Bible school, and I said, you're going to be cleaning for six months. I said, volunteer to clean the commodes. Get their attention. You'll clean commodes. You'll do anything for God. She cleaned commodes. She raised her hand. I'll take the commodes. And they go, what? Are you serious? Yep. She only cleaned them for two weeks. They pulled her out of that and put her on the computer for the rest of the year. Made her to the assistant to this and then that one. So my point is, you have got to serve, and God will open doors for you. Be a servant. Be a servant. That's kingdom business. Bow your heads. I know this is a tough servant sermon today, but you know what? It's time for us to stir up. It's time for us to believe God. It's time for us to serve God. What can I do to serve God? Where can I go? Has God called you to the missions? Has God called you to, to your neighbor? What has God called you to do? Are you light? Are you salt? Are you just playing? If you don't know Jesus Christ, that's the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus. And then once you receive him, it's your choice how you're going to live this life. So let me ask you real quick. If you don't know Jesus, would you raise your hand and say, you know what, I need to accept him. That's why I ask you to bow your head. I want you to look at your heart. Maybe you're here today and you got saved a long time ago, but you haven't been living for him. You know what, he wants you to come back. The Father's been waiting on you to come back. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, pray for me, Pastor Brad. I'm not going to embarrass you. I see that hand. Any, anyone else? I see that hand. Yes, sir, I see your hand. That's two. Anybody else? I see that hand. You know, the Holy Spirit will work on you, and, and God loves you. And God doesn't condemn us or beat us up. And that's why I'm not trying to condemn in any way in this message. But it is a time. It is a call to step up. So let's pray this with them. Say, Father, today I come back to Jesus and to you. I ask for your forgiveness. Cleanse me of unrighteousness and forgive me of sin. Lord, renew my heart. I want to serve you. I want to follow you all the days of my life. Show me what's true and real. In Jesus' name, amen. So look at me, everybody else. This sermon is for you to draw into God. God wants to walk with you. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you. And he's with you always. And he'll give you the words to say. When you're before somebody, oh, I, need, I might need to witness them. I don't know what to say. Start a conversation and the Holy Spirit will take over. I've seen it happen hundreds of times. Start, take the step. Take the step. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, and the Holy Spirit, oh, I like your shoes, man. Where'd you get those shoes at? Start the conversation. And the Holy Spirit will take over. Be bold. Be strong. The Lord thy God is with thee. Amen. Pastor Jeff, come on. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.